Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This afternoon I want to talk to you about a topic of the Holy Spirit and I've titled this Naturally Supernatural, Walking and Talking with God. You should have an outline and if you don't just raise your hand, one will be given to you if you need an outline. But uh, how many of you remember growing up, maybe if you grew up in church, this song that goes something like this, the chorus would go, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. How many remember that song? Well, the story goes that this one, one boy was asked one time in, in kids' church, they said, uh, does anybody here know what God's name is? And the little boy raised his hand right away and he said, I know what it is. And the teacher said, well, what's God's name? And he said, Andy. And they looked at him, Andy? Yeah, it's from the song. Andy walks with me and he talks with me. Anyway, that's your humor for this afternoon. Thank you. I like that joke, okay? I like that joke. But it's a beautiful little song. I catch myself singing that in the in the truck when I drive to work. I sing that song because he walks with me, he talks with me every day. How many have gotten used to just reaching out to God? He's not just here on Sundays. He's not just here during your small group Bible study. He's with you at all times. And this is the beginning of a series this, this afternoon that I want to point to Pentecost Sunday. And I want to just begin to explore the Holy Spirit, and what really His job is in your life, in my life. Amen? Amen. Let's, uh, if you'll just stand with me while we read John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. I believe we have these up on our screen. Naturally supernatural, walking and talking with God. And I want to read John chapter 14, and it says the following. I will ask the Father to send you another helper, a comforter, the Spirit of truth, who will remain constantly with you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you and He will dwell in you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again we thank you for this time. We pray your blessings and your anointing on your word. Lord, help us to leave here today transformed and renewed in our mind and, and having drawn a little bit closer to you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated this afternoon. Amen. So, let me give you a little background before I go on. Um, how many remember in the Old Testament? If you remember reading your Old Testament, there was a point in time where the Jewish priests would once a year on the day of Passover enter the Holy of Holies. This is the, the temple, or even during the time of Moses when they had the Ark or the Covenant, and it was, it was portable, they would set it up in the desert. And once a year on Passover, the priests would enter and sprinkle blood, a sacrificed blood, on the mercy seat or on the Ark of the Covenant. Once a year, that was to roll over the sins for the people. Of, of the Jewish uh, race. And that's what they would do once a year. And then here we, we know that Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago came and died on the cross 
on Passover. Did you know that? He died on the cross on Passover. And he was the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. He was the blood shed for all mankind. Amen? And no longer did a priest have to walk into the Holy of Holies and perform a sacrifice for you. Jesus Christ did it once and for all for all mankind. How many are thankful for that? Now, Pentecost, the word Pentecost means uh, 50 days after uh, Easter. So after Jesus resurrected, we celebrate what's called Pentecost Sundays. They celebrate it throughout the world. And so 50 days after Easter, Jesus went to the cross on the Passover. And 50 days afterwards, after Easter, we celebrate what's known as Pentecost Sunday. This was the day that in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching. And he's preaching to multitudes, the Bible says. He's preaching to multitudes. And he gives them a salvation message. And, and then he comes in, and the men and the women at that time said, well, what must we do? And, and Peter gives them the message and tells them, well, hear the word of God and, and be baptized and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for it's unto you and for all that are promised. And that was the gospel message right there. But it wasn't just that. Jesus, if you remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he died, he was saying here, in the text that we just read, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says that he's going to send us the Holy Spirit. That you're not going to be left like orphans by yourself. Because here the disciples were worried. They're saying, well, they're hearing Jesus is leaving. Well, where are you going? Who's going to take care of Who's going to lead us now? Who's going to guide us? Who's going to teach us? And Jesus was saying, I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. How many know that this afternoon? He is your comfort. He's your peace. And Jesus was saying, I'm not going to leave you orphanless. I'm not going to leave you like orphans or foster kids, foster children, without anybody, without a parent. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. He is your comforter. Amen? Amen. Now, notice the emphasis on he and him on your outline. And the reason I bring that up is, I remember one time, and I believe I've shared this with you before, I was, I don't know, in my early 20s, driving in Napa on the Silverado Trail, and there was a guy doing this. How many remember what this means? Hitchhiking. They were hitchhikers. Okay, we don't pick up hitchhikers nowadays, right? And you shouldn't be hitchhiking either. But back then, it was a little bit safer. And this guy had real long hair, and uh, he looked like a homeless guy. But I, I picked him up. It was just me and my truck. And I picked him up, and we started talking about God. And he goes, well, because uh, I asked him, do you believe in God? He goes, well, I kind of believe it like this. And then he said, uh, you, did you ever see Star Wars? And I said, yeah, I saw Star Wars. He goes, well, I kind of believe like, like the force. Like there's a force out there. I don't know what it is, but it exists, and it's out there. It's like, wow. And, you know, he was out there. This guy was out there. And I was, begin, I was beginning to witness to him about the gospel. But he was describing God as a force, a mist, an energy is what he was saying. Maybe you've heard that too, that people have told you, well, yeah, I believe there's, there's something there, an energy. I don't know what it is. See, and, and they don't know what it is because they haven't read the word of God. Amen? And we know what he is. And here the important part of what you need to realize is that 
Jesus, Jesus himself was emphasizing that the Holy Spirit is not a force, it's a person. He was describing him as a, as a he, describing him as a him, a relationship. So he wanted to make that clear so that people would understand when the Holy Spirit is mentioned, we're not talking about some force invisible thing you can't see that's a mist or it's a dust. No, it's none of those things. God's Spirit is a person. There's God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. The Bible makes that really clear. That's where we get our belief of the Trinity, the three in one. It doesn't mean there's three gods in heaven. Wipe that thought from your mind. We don't believe in that. That's called tritheism. We believe in monotheism, the belief in one God. And so three persons with one essence, which creates the one God. That's what, even in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6.4, the Bible is clear, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen? Yeah. And, and we have not changed that. But I'm giving you this so that you understand about the Holy Spirit. So the, the Word of God, in addition, gives us many descriptions of God. How many remember Alpha and Omega? Beginning and the end, the first and the last. The lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the savior, and on and on and on. There's, there's hundreds of descriptions of God in the Bible. Amen? But remember, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit form the one God. In fact, in the New Testament, the Bible goes on to say, in the Godhead dwells all the fullness of God. You know, the deity, all the fullness of the deity dwells in, 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 in God, in, in them. Amen? So, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Because we know that the Father's always existed. The Bible's clear on that. He sent His Son. Okay, we know the purpose of the Son. What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Well, what's up with that? Well, the Holy Spirit, I want to remind you today, is here to guide each of you every single day of your life. He's to walk with you and talk with you. He's to comfort you. He's with you when you're in pain. Physically, emotionally, hurting. How many have been hurting this week? You don't need to raise your hand, but if you were, He walks with you during that time. Amen? The Holy Spirit desires to come alongside your life and help you manage your life better than you know how. Because how many know that God knows the best plans for your life? Amen? Amen? So, let me, let me give you an illustration of the Holy Spirit and really what we should be seeing. Imagine, just imagine, okay, just play this game with me. Imagine if you got stranded on a desert island, and it was just you. Just you, nothing else. You had a fishing pole and a Bible. So you're not going to die of starvation. You're going to be able to fish for your food. But all you had was a Bible. And so you began to read the Bible every day. And as you get through the New Testament, you're reading about these miracles that Jesus is performing in the church, in the book of Acts. You're learning how to be a... Uh, a leader uh, um, um, and all the epistles that how they teach you how to live righteously and holy and then and then all of a sudden you get rescued and you finally get rescued and then uh, you now recognize what the word of God says and, and let me go back and you came to that island as an unbeliever but you had the Bible now your whole perspective has changed you now have seen what the Bible teaches and now you start going to a church Imagine what your thoughts are going to be. Here you just read the Bible, and now you're going to be going, um, 
I don't know if this church lines up with what I just read in the Bible because I see in the Bible that the lame were healed, that the blind eyes were opened up, and the deaf could hear and talk. What's going on in this church? They don't believe that. You know what I mean? And I bring that up because the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit is also. The Holy Spirit is still here to work on your behalf and on my behalf. Not at your, he's not at your beck and call. You're at his beck and call. Amen? So get that straight, first of all. But how many would see that there's a difference between the, the signs and wonders that were shown in the Gospels and what we see in our day and age today. Are you in agreement that we're, we're missing something? And that's what I want to talk to you about. We're missing the Holy Spirit. We're really missing the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because even, you know, when we think of the, uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit, sometimes you may think, well, of miracles and supernatural signs and wonders, which the Bible talks about. But how about just everyday help? How about just everyday, Lord, um, Holy Spirit, would, would you allow me to have that parking spot right now here at the mall? It's pouring rain, and would you help pull out a car and so I can just park right in there? You done that? I've shared with you. I do that all the time. And God opens up a spot. How about, Lord, I really blew it last week being a poor husband or a poor father. Help me this week to just really turn that around and watch what God does for you. Have you ever done that? That's the Holy Spirit power. It's still a miracle what he's doing in your life as you begin to ask him to work in your life. But I think the, the problem with our modern day church is we don't involve the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. We, we tend to think of the Holy Spirit, even, you know, just God in general, as so distant from us when he's far from it. See, you have God Almighty living inside of you if you're a believer. How many here are believers today? Raise your hand if you're a believer. You have God Almighty living inside of you today. Amen? Thank God for that. Um, where would we be without the presence of God in our life? And... It, it leads me to this. The empowering grace of the Holy Spirit is very much absent in our generation. It's very much absent. See, the, and why that's a problem is because you and I were designed to live naturally, supernaturally. That's how Adam and Eve were created. They were created to live naturally, supernaturally. They were to rely on God for all of their needs. And throughout the generations of mankind, mankind has distanced themselves from God. And we've lost track of that. We've lost sight of that. We haven't been able to retain what God's plan was originally in the very beginning. We are designed to live naturally, supernaturally. Say that with me. We are designed to live naturally, supernatural. It shouldn't come as a surprise or a, wow, did you hear about that? That should be everyday normal occurrences. It shouldn't just be, did you hear what happened at that other church on the other side of town? It should be going on in your life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
See, the supernatural is very big in our world, and if you haven't figured that out, all you got to do is turn on the TV. Not only are there psychic channels, there's, there's TV programs about witches, about, I mean, I can't keep track of all the stuff that glorify the supernatural. Why is that? Because it's real. Number one, it's real. And Hollywood invests so much time into glorifying the evil, the satanic. I want to remind you that God Almighty gave you supernatural ability. He really did. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Amen? Let me, let me read this scripture to you. John 14 and verse 25. I'm going to read a few scriptures to you. It's on your outline. It says this. I am telling you these things now while I am with you. But when the Father sends the Helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Everybody say this with me. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. He is your teacher. When you don't know whether to go to the left, to the right, to choose this school, that school, what, what you need to face or what you're going to go through, when you don't know, ask the teacher, ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you, amen? amen? John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Helper is the Holy Spirit. He's your comforter. He's your helper. Everybody say helper. 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 I, who likes help? I like help. Especially when my back hurts and... And, you know, Brother Alex, he, he did a lot of work in that concrete business. And I can't imagine uh, what his body's gone through. I can only imagine. But he appreciates any help now because it takes a toll on you over time. All of you who've done things, help is always appreciated, right? And what better way to receive help than from the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. John 16, 12 says the following. I have much more to say to you. More than you can hear or bear. But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. Does that sound like an energy force? Or a mist? Or a power out there? No. It's talking about a person. The Holy Spirit is a person who is recognized as God. Amen? Amen? Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to send his Holy Spirit and that we would, his disciples and we, would become empowered to become witnesses, the Bible says, unto all the earth. He said, you're going to become witnesses to me in American Canyon, in Vallejo, in San Francisco, in California, throughout the nation, at Sam's Club, at Costco, wherever you may be. He's going to empower you to become witnesses. Amen? God's power has not, not dis diminished. Let me, let me show you examples of that. When I was in Mexico and uh, Bianca was down there, we, we got to see the power of God there, the Spirit of God movie. But why do I have to travel all the way to Mexico? Why do you have to travel to the Philippines or, or to, another, to another country to see the power of God? We shouldn't have to. I think the reason is the church in America has become so lackadaisical. We've become so, so lukewarm that we've forgotten what the power of God is really like. God forbid that we as believers 
should just become lukewarm and just be satisfied where we're at. We want, how many want the Holy Spirit of God to be alive in their life? To be at work in their life? When we were in Mexico, not only did we see people healed right before us, we saw demonic people delivered right in front of us as we're praying for them. We saw miracles of salvation. When people receive Christ, when you receive Christ for the first time, did you know that's a miracle? That's a miracle. Because I know that because I was like you. I, I used to say, you'll never find me in a church. You'll never find me in a church. Hell will freeze over. I would say things like that, right? And here I am in a church. That's a miracle. And you are a miracle. Amen? So is God's power still alive and active today? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. His word certainly hasn't changed. It's still the same today as it was yesterday. Amen? Amen. Let me read to you um, a scripture found in Ephesians chapter 4. But first of all, before I read that, we need to have a desire for the Holy Spirit to reveal himself supernaturally. See, you'll never, you'll never get to see a miracle if you're not praying for it. You're never going to get... How many know it starts with a desire here? Nothing happens in life without a desire. You had to have a desire to come to Christ when you first got saved. You had to have a desire to get married to that spouse of yours. You had to have a desire to have children. You had to have a desire to go work at that place. Everything begins with a desire. Amen? The desire for the supernatural in your life also begins the same way. It starts with a desire. And that's why I want to go on this fast with you for 21 days praying that God will give you that desire for more of the Holy Spirit. And that as you have that in your life, you begin to see tr the true Holy Spirit of the Bible become alive in your life and move in your midst. And you just go, wow, I'm amazed, God. I'm amazed. Amen? So let's go to that scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let me just stop there. As a pastor, this troubles me. As a pastor, um, I was once told by a, a minister this. He didn't tell me this. Uh, he was saying it in the sermon. He said, foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. My kids have heard that all my life, that all their life. I've said that. Foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. Because they can't think of any words to say, because their mind is so feeble, they have to use foul language. So, here's why it bothers me. Because out of the same mouth that can praise God and tell Him how glorious He is and how much you love Him, out of that same mouth can come out foul language. That's why it bothers me. And if you think it bothers me, what do you think it does to the Holy Spirit? Amen? Think about that. When your mind starts rattling around words that don't need to come out. Maybe I'm speaking to someone here today. Maybe I'm not. But that was just for free. All right. Let's continue here. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not grieve. Bring sorrow or sadness to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own. See, you're no longer your own he bought you with a price. His blood purchased you. You're His now. You're a believer. You're marked with His Holy Spirit upon you. You're now His child. 
a child of the king. And because of that, you no longer walk the way you used to walk. You no longer talk the way you used to talk. Now you have a new language, you have a new life, and you get to live that, and you get to be a testimony to all those around you. How many are thankful for that? Amen? Amen. Yeah, somebody should, should love that. Somebody should be excited about that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. In regards to our language, how we speak, the Bible says this on your outline. Do not quench or put out the Spirit's fire. Do not quench the Spirit in another version. How do we do that with our language? Going back to the scripture we read right before that. How, how can we lead a Bible study? How can we preach a message? And then even the same day, out of the same mouth, words can roll out just like that, that are not pleasing to God. That's how you quench the Spirit of God in your life. Let's be careful, church. Let's be careful. Amen? That's for all of us. It doesn't matter if, if you're you know, born again, saved, sanctified. We can all fall prey to the enemy. All it takes is for someone to hurt us, right? Especially our closest ones. And all of a sudden, bam, we want to say something, right? And you got to watch your mouth. you got to watch how you talk. And the Lord is saying, that grieves his spirit. That grieves him. I don't want any of you here to be grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit is grieved by the way we speak. But I want to I wanna give you now three, three quick, or actually five quick points on how we can walk and talk with the Holy Spirit and how we can prevent that grieving from taking place. Five quick points on your outline. First one is, He will come alongside us to bring comfort, counsel, and help. That's the scripture found in John 16 and verse 7. And if you can put that scripture back up again, 16 and verse 7. What does the scripture say? He will come alongside us. The scripture says he will come alongside us. Amen. And um, in fact, it's the scripture we read er earlier. It says, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send them to you. Jesus was sending us the helper. Amen. Helper to comfort us during our sorrows. How many know that this year, this, this year, possibly you may lose someone, a loved one. The Holy Spirit will be there to help you. So the Holy Spirit will be there to comfort you. How many know that sometimes you may go through financial difficulties. You may go through marital difficulties. The Holy Spirit will help you go through that process. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need a comforter. I need some days I get home, I'm tired emotionally, physically, mentally. Lord, comfort me. And he does. And I just say, Andy, will you walk with me? And he walks with me. Amen. I don't call him Andy. I'm just kidding. Amen. Point number two. He will teach us all things. John 14, 26. The Bible says in John 14, 26 that he will teach you all things. Now, have you asked him? To show you? Oh, I'm not kidding. When it comes to working on a door like yesterday with these gentlemen did, if you take the time, and sometimes when you're in the middle of a project like that, you use your knowledge, which is great, but how many times have you ever said, Lord, show me right now by your spirit how to do this job? How to, I do that at work all the time. I, I do that. Lord, show me how to do this. I don't know how. I have an idea, but if you show me how, 
I know it'll get done right. God will show you in every aspect of your life. I'm not just talking about your job, your marriage, your relationship with your children, with, with those that you have outside of this church. God will show you, amen? He is a teacher and will teach you all things. Everybody say all things. All things. What does that mean? I looked it up in the Greek and it really means all things. Number three. He will reveal what's coming in the future. Again, supernatural ability of the Holy Spirit is to point you in the right direction. I know when, when I met Anna for the first time in October, October 10th of 1993, but who's keeping track? Um, I remember as I'm having a cup of coffee with her at Denny's that night, first time we ever met after church, I met her at church and I asked her, would you like to go have a cup of coffee with me? She looked at me and she said, well, you look like an innocent guy. And, uh, and her parents knew my parents, so that was good, right? It's a good thing when your parents know each other. And so she agreed, and we went to have a cup of coffee. And that little cup of coffee turned into a three-hour cup of coffee. Because we spoke to each other like we knew each other all of our lives. And the Holy Spirit told me right there and then, I didn't tell her this, the Holy Spirit told me, that's going to be your future wife. You're going to marry this woman. And I, I was married to her less than two months, or actually I proposed to her less than two months later. But the point is, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you your future. If you ask Him, Lord, help me, guide me, point me in the right direction. He'll open doors, and how many know, He'll slam doors shut that you shouldn't go through. That's even more important, that He slammed doors shut out of your life that you have no business going in. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit will often give us insight and glimpses into that future. If you ask Him. But you got to ask. We have not because we ask not. Amen. And then our fourth point is, He will fill our lives with joy. How many are thankful for the joy of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible says. Romans 14 and verse 17. And I have this scripture for you on your outline as well. But it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, we had a great time Friday night drink, drinking water, <laughs> eating tri-tip, and chicken, and potatoes, and Brussels sprouts, and salad, and, and all that good stuff. It was great. But, and the chocolate cake to top it off. But there's, how many know that there's more peace and joy in the Holy Spirit that beats all of that? Beats tri-tip any day. The joy and peace that only the Holy Spirit can give you and fill you with is much more than any, any joy you can have. It's even better than getting married. It's even better than your first child. The joy of the Holy Spirit, it really is. The joy of the Holy Spirit is something supernatural. Amen? And then the fifth point on this study today about the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. Everybody say power. 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 John 14, 12, the scripture here says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Wait, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Who's talking? Jesus is talking. Have you read the Bible and read the things that Jesus did? 
Did, did you really read the things that Jesus He healed a blind man. He turned water into wine. He healed the deaf. Just by picking up mud, putting saliva on his finger, and then touching his ears, he healed him. He just said in his word that greater things you would do that I would do. How is that possible? What are we missing? We're missing this. Plugging into the Holy Spirit. Plugging into His presence. It's there. He didn't say, well, only the people in, in the Philippines or in Mexico or in Africa can have that ability. No. He said it's each of you. Each of you as believers have that ability available to you. Amen? Thank God for that. That just gets me all excited when I read that. That, um, that uh, his, his presence would be poured out upon me. That I could even do greater things than these. He says, because I am going to the Father. See, it's the Holy Spirit living in you that allows you to be able to move supernaturally. It's not you or me. We don't have no power within us. It's the Holy Spirit living inside of you and I that have the power to pray for somebody for hearing. To pray for somebody. They're hurting in their back. Pray that their back would be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mother Betty was healed supernaturally. Did you know? Her back was so out of whack. She was healed supernaturally. That woman could not walk a year ago. She could not walk. And here she is. She's faced a lot of challenges in her life. And um, she gives God all the glory. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and well. Amen? How many know that Christ Jesus was the anointed one? He was anointed. Who do you have living inside of you today? Christ Jesus, the anointed one. You know what that makes you? Anointed. You're believers that are anointed. So what I've done to you, for you today is I've shown you that you have this handgun. Now I put your clip in there. Before it may have been empty. Now you have it locked and loaded. And now it's up to you to use it. Amen? You have, see, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that you're not powerless. He's your comfort. He's, he's your counsel. He'll teach you all things. He'll reveal what's coming to you in the future. He's, he's here to give you joy. He's here to give you power. Wow, that, sign me up for that. I want some of that. Amen. So by you being, by you being a believer and the Christ, the anointed one living in you, it should remind you that you can walk naturally, supernaturally. Amen? Every day should be an opportunity for you to walk supernaturally in life. Lord, where are the opportunities? Show me. Where's the opportunity? Who can I pray for? Who can I pray for? And believe that you shall receive what you're praying for. It starts with faith. Amen? Um, it has to start there. And, and God can do all things possible. Amen? We're going to close. If I can have the worship team come up at this time. You see, as I mentioned to you earlier about that person that was on a desert island. Imagine if he was on that desert island. And uh, he read the word of God and then he came back. And he's discovering that, hey, whoa, what happened? These churches don't believe the same thing. There's no power in these churches. What, what's going on? Well, imagine if, uh, if, if that was all you ever saw. See, God's intention was never for church to be boring or to, to not give you power. 
That was never God's intention. He wants you to impact the world you live in. And, and he gave you the ammunition, the power to affect this world. Because you and I can't do it on our own. We need his power. His power equips you enough to do the job. Amen? To be absent of power means no miracles, no anointing. But it's quite the opposite. God gave you power so that miracles can happen in your own family. In our church, outside of this church, miracles, anointing is upon you. You need to be used as an instrument of God. All you need to begin to do is say, Lord, use me. Lord, Holy Spirit, pray to the Holy Spirit and ask, Lord, use me. Help me to be a vessel that will bring you glory and honor and all the things I see, all the things I do. And Lord, forbid that this mouth would bring you glory on Sunday and shame on Monday. Don't do that because you'll grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's stand right now with me if you would. Let's bow our heads. Let me ask you a question this morning or this afternoon. Excuse me. Do you walk and talk with the Holy Spirit every day? Or is it, just, is it just when you happen to come to church? Or when you happen to be in that small group? Or in that prayer time? Do you talk? Do you walk with God every day? Just asking you that question. Or maybe, maybe you're asking yourself today for a fresh outpouring of His Spirit upon you. That you want what you've read in the Bible. You want that really so much to be a part of your everyday life. And I'm here to tell you and remind you, it's all yours. It's available to you today. It's here for each of you. But it's going to start with each of you having a desire and intentionally, intentionally seeking the Holy Spirit. I want you to each day now, even after this service is over, to begin to ask God, each day for the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to lead you, to guide you, to fill you with joy, to, to be your teacher, to give you counsel, to direct your paths, but to affect the world outside of you. It's not about you. It's about those around you, the lost that are going to hell in this generation that don't know Christ. They need to see you they, need, they may see, you may be the only Jesus they ever see. You don't know that. I don't know that. And we have to represent the Lord the best we can. Amen? Thank you, Lord.